today about seeing by faith, what we can see by faith and how vital and how great that is. Okay, and, and we're going to look at the life, or a little bit of the life of Moses. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 24 to 27, it says this, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, uh, this is just a very short summary of Moses' life. We're going to, in a moment, look at, uh, look at a little bit of, of really what, what this particular event is referring to uh, in Moses' life. Now, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you read the Bible and you read some of the passages, and I know James referred to this, is that you can come away um, thinking, oh, goodness me, how am I ever going to match up to this? And we can go away feeling worse about ourselves um, than, uh, than we were when we started reading. Because we can think, you know, Moses, in this account, chose to be ill-treated. Um, he put aside all the wealth of, of Egypt to follow God. He, he made some amazing choices uh, because, uh, because of who he was and, and what he'd known and, and everything... And yet, when I look at myself, and, uh, and, I, you know, and I think about the time in the office when, when, I, when I gossiped, I was faced with, with joining in with some gossip, and I didn't, uh, and, and, and I had a choice not to, and I did. Or, or you know, when, when I walked down the street and God prompted me to speak to someone, and I thought, oh, I can't do that, too difficult. Uh, oh, well, that could hurt, I'm not going to do that. And suddenly you look at yourself and you think, with the tiny little things God asked me to do, I, I get it wrong. And yet Moses, with all this, um, you know, ha- he, he, he made these decisions uh, to be ill-treated and this stuff. I just don't match up to this. I, I, you know, and you can, you can look at these passages and think, oh, yeah, this, this is just so out of my experience. Um, and, and we can just start feeling really bad about ourselves. And, so, and then, of course, uh, what, what do we do about that? Well, obviously... Uh, the way we deal with that is next time we just try really hard to do better. That's what James has been teaching us, isn't it? That we that we knuckle down and that we and that we, we make ourselves better and we, we try harder. Um, well, actually, that's not what James has been preaching. It's just in case you're un- unsure about that. But that can be. We can we can resolve. I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm going to get this right. And, and of course, that's not what we need to do with these verses. When we look at this and we feel a bit challenged by them, we need to look at what, 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 is, what is the Bible actually saying? It's not, it's not actually saying. The Bible never says, try harder. It never says, get yourself sorted. Do, do better next time. It doesn't, it doesn't say that. And, and this is, this is why, where the story of Moses is so helpful. Because when you actually read the story of Moses, uh, he didn't try really hard to get this right. He wasn't someone who 
you know, put so much effort into making sure he was living the, the life that God wanted him to lead. There was something more to the way Moses behaved than simply effort. Now, he persevered. Now, that, that's a different thing. We talk about that, and we'll look at that a bit later. He did persevere, but that wasn't his own effort making things right. Okay, so I wanted to quickly look at um, the passage in Exodus that, uh, that this is referring to. And it's Exodus 2, uh, verse 11, if you want to turn to that. Now, I'm sure most of you will know the story of Moses. He was born at a time of great distress and difficulty. Uh, Israel were in uh, captivity. And uh, and the king, Pharaoh, had ordered that all all the... They were growing in numbers, and the the Pharaoh said, right, all all young boys will be killed when they are (coughs) born. Um, And so Moses was born. The parents hid uh, Moses. um, And... uh, and, and eventually, when he was, he was a bit, bit older, he put, put him in, a, in, the, in the river amongst the bulrushes. And that's one of those famous children's stories to get taught and putting in a basket. And, uh, and the basket was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. And, um, and this is where we, I think, pick up the story. Oh, yeah, so, and then, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> and, and then the, the Pharaoh's daughter said, oh, I want to keep this uh, child for myself. I'm going to bring him up as my... Son. And so Moses was taken into the palace of Pharaoh and brought up as a prince, um, the Pharaoh's daughter's uh, son. And, uh, and then this is what happens in, uh, a little bit later in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labour. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. So, now if you try and contrast and compare the New Testament account with the Old Testament account, there are some challenges to that. The the New Testament says he chose to be ill-treated. He left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. When you read the actual account, he ran away because he was frightened. How do those two work? How, does, how do you marry that up? What, what's going on here? Is, is the New Testament whitewashing what actually happened? Well, no. Just, just in case you're starting to worry about the Bible here, no. Uh, In one sense, however, what's wonderful about this is that, okay, Moses wasn't perfect. But when his faith is brought into being, that covers everything. 
And it's true for us. We're not perfect, but actually what God looks for in us is faith. And when faith is there, that covers it, because faith in Jesus purifies us from all sin. When we trust in him, our past is gone. Even when we may say our present is covered, our future is covered when we mess up. And so what Jesus sees and what God sees is the faith that brings us salvation, the faith that covers us with the blood of Jesus and purifies us. And that's wonderful to know. And in a sense, you can get that from this verse, that that, that all that Moses got wrong really doesn't matter because what matters, what God saw in his heart was faith, was faith in God and trust in him. So how does that come out? So if we look at the two contrasting passages in the... New Testament says he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. And in the Old Testament he said he fled from the king. How do we marry those two in reality? Well, the fact is, the New Testament is an account of what we don't see. The New Testament is an account of what God sees in the inner being. What God sees in the heart. And so the physical is the actual things that took place in the Old Testament. The New Testament reveals something greater, reveals something far more uh, amazing about Moses, was that he was a man of great faith. And you can see that from the passage, actually. You can get that from the passage. You see, his heart wasn't in Egypt. His heart wasn't there. His heart was with God's people. His heart was with God. And that's what... And he had left, in effect, he'd left Egypt years ago. He hadn't... And so the New Testament is saying he'd left Egypt way before this event took place. Because his heart wasn't there. His heart was with God's people. And even if that meant suffering, even if that meant ill treatment, that's where his heart was. And so the the New Testament reveals something about Moses' heart, that he had left Egypt. And And that's why it says he didn't fear the king's anger. So when he was faced with a choice of what to do, he was faced with this Egyptian, he had to make a sudden choice. Do I side with the Egyptians or do I side with God's people? That wasn't a difficult decision for him to make because it had already been made in his heart. And as soon as he saw what was going on, he acted out of what was in him. Now you can argue, should he have killed, blah, 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 it doesn't really matter. The fact is, God saw what was in his heart. And his heart, I'm with God's people. I'm, I'm with them. And whatever the consequences of my actions, whatever happens, I'm going to stand with them. Because that's who I am. And so Moses' reaction portrayed what was going on in his heart. And that's what the New Testament is showing us about Moses. So it wasn't effort. It wasn't, in a sense, a hard thing. He just reacted because of what he was. He embraced <coughs> disgrace. He didn't... See this, had he loved Egypt, had his heart been with the treasures of Egypt, had his heart been with the power and the wealth and the authority that went with his position, had that been what really uh, was motivating him, he wouldn't have intervened in that fight. He wouldn't have. He would have said, oh, I wish he wouldn't do that. Oh, you know, these, these, were my, these were my people. 
I'd rather they weren't treated that way, but you know what, I'm, I'm going to just leave it. You know, because if I intervene here, it's going to threaten everything that's dear to me. I'm, I'm, I, I want to keep this. I want to keep this position. I want to keep my wealth. I want to keep my status. I want to keep my power. Um, I'll just leave that. But that wasn't there. It wasn't there. And so Moses' heart was right. And, um, and, that's how, and that's how we could see, or that's how the New Testament sees how he reacted. So how did this come about? How did he become a person that wasn't so enwrapped up with the world, effectively, the most powerful nation on earth, the most prosperous nation? How did he not get wrapped up into that? He was taken into that at a very young age. And, you know, from the age of probably about six or seven, he was immersed in that culture. He was immersed in everything that was uh, amazing about that civilization, The greatest civilization the earth had known to that point. He was a ruler in it, effectively. How did he not get wrapped up in that? Well, there are key elements in his life. Uh, and the first one is that he knew who he was. He knew who he was. It says uh, there um, in, go back to the, well, actually in both passages, it talks about um, God's people, his people. He knew that he was born a Hebrew. He, he knew he was born one of God's people. And that never left him. We, as people of God, are born from above. We're born from above. John 1.13 says, Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. And that, that, that was within Moses, from the word go. He knew through the working of God and through the things of God that he was not an Egyptian. Funnily enough, when he, when he went to Midian and we saw that, he was mistaken for one. The, the people that met him at the well said, oh, it's an Egyptian. So he looked like an Egyptian, he talked like one. There's a song about that, isn't there? Um, let's not go there, it's not quite very helpful. Um, <laughs> yes, I no, I won't. Um, just go. <laughs> Doesn't, doesn't really add to what I'm saying. Um, but he, he, he was mistaken for one. Everything about him said Egyptian. Except what was his heart. Thank you. Except what was in his heart. So, so he wasn't immersed in that culture, but he knew that actually he was born from above. He was born a different place. And remembering, and this is what John talks about, that actually we aren't part of this world. I think it was Jamie last week who said we're we're barely human because we're born of God. And that's our birth. That's who we are. That's our nature. And uh, and, uh, and and John in uh, in other parts says um, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And so there is something amazing about the child of God because he's been born from above and there is a seed of God that lives in him that 
causes him to move to a, a, a place of faith and of uh, belief and of obedience that isn't in the world. And so, and so that is in us. And actually, uh, it's worth remembering what God has done for us. You know, when we're in the world, when we're when we're when we're of, you know, when we're when we're moving amongst the, the, the people of this world, remembering actually, there's a different seed in us. There's a different root in us that that makes us do different things and makes us lean different ways. And we can often go into situations where, and 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 we've experienced this recently, and so, and you feel alien. You feel this is just odd. I'm I'm feeling a a bit uncomfortable here, and it's often because we we just. You know, I'm not saying we should take ourselves out. We, should, we need to go into those situations. We need to be there. Um, uh, but but often you find yourself feeling a little bit uncomfortable because we're not of this world. We're of a different place. Now we need to be salt and light in those places. Don't get me wrong. We you know we need to go into places where we start feeling uncomfortable um, because uh, you know because. We need, the world needs to see a different way of living and a different life. Um, but that's, Moses knew he was born um, from above. He was born into a different nation. But the other thing, and, and I wonder what I felt for God as I was praying this, I think it's really, God wanted to impress this on us. In the, um, in the story of Moses, he, he, um, he was found by Pharaoh's daughter and taken to the palace but then uh, his sister said well do you want me to get someone to look after him and uh, the pharaoh's daughter said yeah so the sister got his mother and so for the next two three years before he was actually taken into the palace he was with his mother now we're not told much about that period but we are told that's what took place and it's significant and I believe, and, and I'm, as, a, as a, a woman of faith that she was, because she, she saw that Moses was someone special and needed to be hidden. Obviously, as a mother, you would do that generally, but there was something about Moses. She would have had a few years to spend with Moses. And during those times, she would have imparted to him the wonderful truths about God. She would have spoken to him of all that went on with Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob. He would, she would have taught the wonders that God showed in the lives of these, these people. He, she, would have, she would have explained the wonders of God to Moses. And, and I believe that was hugely influential in the way Moses turned out. And, and, and the, the power of a believing mother is huge. I'm so thankful to God for my mum. Both my parents were Christians. They were wonderful women, um, men and women of God. But although my dad was, was, was someone who was able to teach well, and he was brilliant, he was a great example, uh, it was my mum who revealed the reality of faith in God. And I'm not saying men can't do that, and I, I, don't get me wrong here, but... I want to encourage all you mums. Because actually, sometimes bringing up children is a real tough thing. Yes. Amen. I say sometimes, a lot of the time. Yes. But 
don't underestimate the faith that you have being implanted into your children. You may not see it all the time. But, you know, I I may not have displayed it to my mum while I was growing up, but it was, I clearly remember some of the things she said, the way she acted, the way she she understood the the knowledge of God. And that had such an impression on me. And actually through my life, um, often, and I'll give credit to my wife and my sister here as well, so often uh, women seem to grasp the reality of relationship with God. Um, and, they ha- and that has been so Im- impactful upon my own life. And I want to just encourage you that actually as you walk with God, um, as you r- have your own relationship with God, so that will impact the people that are around you, your children, your grandchildren, all those that you interact with. And don't underestimate the impact that can have on lives. Don't underestimate how that can filter down as, as they watch and they say, this person, I don't know what it is, but they know God. They've seen something. And that is just amazing. And, uh, and you will have an impact far above what you realise as you trust God, as you believe him, as you experience him for yourself, and as you talk about that, as you share those stories, as you, as you impart those wonderful truths... So that will be grasped by those that you are uh, uh, talking to, your children, your grandchildren, those around you. And I want to just, I believe God wants just to encourage you. Don't give up on the fact, oh, you know, this, they don't seem to have grasped it. No, 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 it's time. They will, in time, Moses looked back on those years and would have thought, my mum knew something. And although the Bible doesn't explicitly say that, the fact that it says he had two, three years with his mum before he got taken into, that would have left something of great, great value in his life. Now, I'm not underestimating the work of the Holy Spirit, but actually, when we, when we give testimony, when we are believing men and women of God, that has an impact on those around us and will tremendously affect how they live for God. I just want to concentrate on on uh, yeah, got time. on uh, that last verse there, uh, verse twenty-seven, because there's something else that got hold of Moses through remembering who he was, through what his parents, uh, his mum taught him, that he somehow got through what was visible, what was around him. He, he could see through the, the wealth and the power and the authority that uh, Egypt had. He could see through that, and it was so vital for him to see through it. He saw through that to the invisible God. And that's what it says in verse 27. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Getting hold of God for yourself is huge in terms of not only your own walk with God, but for those around you. And understanding that the physical world 
is just a tiny thing compared to the invisible world. Seeing God and, and getting through and seeing him will enable us in, the, in those pressure moments, in those moments where we have choices to make, will help us ensure that those choices are ones which are honouring to God and following his purpose for our lives. Because suddenly we don't just get immersed in this world with all the trappings that go with it. We see something completely different. We see a far greater glory. And we say, I'm going for that. I'm going for that. Not for, not for what I see around me. And, and that's what will help us and enable us in those times of, of decision, those times of choice, when, when we feel prompting by God, when we feel that actually you know, this is the way to go, seeing him and seeing that greater kingdom is what enables us to make those good choices and those right decisions. It's not effort. It's not our own abilities. Uh, it's not our pulling our socks up. It's actually having a greater vision than what we see. And it's remembering, and, and this can be quite hard, and, and there's various uh, pressures that go on in the world, and remembering that this isn't it. This isn't it. Amen. There is something far greater, something far more worth giving your life for than what you can see and touch and hear. And it's what, what gets revealed when we come together in worship. It's what gets revealed when we are in that secret place and we engage with Holy Spirit and, and God speaks to us. It's, it's, in that, it's that place where we are walking down the street and we hear the voice of God. And suddenly the, the heavenly realms become so much clearer to us and come revealed to us. And it's those times that we start engaging with the invisible, uh, with, with the heavenly realms that the world cannot see and cannot understand. And actually, the decisions that came for Moses were formed in that place of seeing the invisible. And so, so for us, the key is not trying harder, is that when, when we get to those points of, of, of decision, it's because we've spent time in that secret place, because we've spent time in the invisible realm, in worship, that we make the decision that is of God and for God and for his purposes. And and Moses got that. And he was surrounded by amazing things that could turn almost anybody's head. And yet he saw something far greater, far more powerful, far more wonderful. He saw by faith God himself. And he saw by faith something far greater than what Egypt had to offer. In uh, Corinthians for 16 to 18 it says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal and so here in these verses is one of the keys that Moses has. And it is a decision that we make to fix our eyes on the unseen. And I think that is something we can do. That in our daily life, as we walk through it, 
with all the pressures that are going on around us, with all the things that are pressing in, all the things that we see, whether good or bad. And we're not saying that, you know, that, that the wealth is bad in itself and that all the things that this world offers is bad in itself. It's not. But actually, we need to see past that. And, uh, and we make a decision that we fix our eyes on what is not seen. That we make a decision each day to think, no, this morning... I am going to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, on you, God, and I am going to walk this day with my eyes fixed on you. So that whatever goes on around me, I am going to have a spiritual, uh, my spiritual eyes will be open. And so when I'm faced with these things, there's going to be a spiritual element to my decision making. Because I'm seeing something greater, I'm seeing something more amazing, and therefore I'm going to make my decision based on that not on the immediate thing that is going on. And that is a, a decision that we can make. That is a, a choice that we have each day. And it's not an effort. It's just a case, God, I want to focus on you today. I want to have my eyes open to the spiritual realm today. I want to see the invisible today. And, and I'm going to make that my aim. And so when these things come, then when we've got that in our heart, our heart has left this world. And we say, no, no, I'm going to choose disgrace for the sake of Christ. I'm going to choose discomfort here. I'm going to stand up uh, because, because actually, God, you're greater than this. And, and that decision becomes so much easier Amen. because simply we're seeing him. And he is our reward. That's it. He saw his reward. Um, I'm sure Moses' mum would have taught him about Abraham. And when God appeared to Abraham, uh, he, said, he said to him, I am your shield, your very great reward. And that was, that was enough for Abraham. Uh, Abraham had great wealth. He was doing, but actually what, what captured Abraham's heart and what, was, what gave him uh, the status of the man of faith was this. He saw God in that moment and recognised him as his shield and God as his great reward. And he says that as he's an example to us. Any person, man or woman with faith, with faith, God says the same thing to us. I am your shield, your very great reward. God is our reward. God is the one who will, we've been singing about, is good who comes to us, who lifts us up, who blesses us, who, who encourages us, who gives us strength, who loves us. He is more than anything this world could offer. He is more than anything any life that we could consider on this world could offer. He is, God himself has said, I am your reward. Amen. Faith enables us to receive that. Faith says, I'm going to take that reward. And, and it's far greater than wealth or power, or, or, or authority, or anything that this world can offer. Just to sum up, there's one more verse that, that I love, um, that I often read um, when I think about myself, and for those that, that I might be around me. It's Ephesians 1, verse 17. <coughs> says this, I keep asking, this is Paul, this is Paul's prayer, he says, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, 
so that you may know him better. That's an amazing prayer. It's an amazing prayer that I want to pray over everybody that I come involved with and everybody uh, and myself. And that is the best, one of the best prayers you could ever pray for anyone. God, will you show yourself to this person? I can, I can teach them. I can tell them my stories and that's great and that's really good and then God uses those things. I can, I can live a life that is of faith but God, I can't reveal you. I can in, in, in one sense, don't, don't get me wrong, but actually, God, will you reveal yourself? Will you open the eyes of this person or that person or my heart that they will know you better? Because as soon as they start knowing you, they're going to be one. As soon as you start getting to know who God really is, you're going to be blown away by anything else. It's, anything else will be pale into insignificance. When you get to know God himself, his goodness, his love, his, his glory, his power, his, his amazing nature, everything else is worthless. And so God, will you show him, her, yourself? And that is a wonderful prayer. It's a wonderful prayer to say over yourself and for your children and for your friends and for your wife or your husband, your partner, whoever it may be. Make that a, a, a daily prayer even that they may see and know God better. I just want to finish, and as I was preparing this, I, I felt God say to me that actually amongst us, and uh, you know, sometimes we can think, oh yeah, okay, now I, I, I need to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take on board what's been said. But actually sometimes I believe God wants to encourage us. Because amongst us there are people who have already exhibited and already exhibit such amazing faith that Moses have uh, shown there. And they've made decisions, and people amongst us have made decisions based on their faith and their knowledge and their view of God. And God wants to just commend you. There's people here that have chosen to stick with relationship because they knew, even though it was hard and difficult, that actually this is of God. And I'm going to persevere through this, even though it's hard. And God says, well done. Well done. And there's other people, and each person's different, that have decided, actually, no, I need to break away from this. And as painful as that is, as painful as hard it is, is to, to, to cut this relationship off, I've got a greater thing that I'm going for. And God says, well done. Well done. And there's people that have pursued relationships with family members that haven't wanted to know them uh, uh, because they know that this is God's will for them and that's been painful and you've had to deal with issues from your past and God says well done well done that faith that you saw that has enabled you to persevere in this that is so good and it's because you saw something because you saw me because you knew that there was a better path there's people here that have chosen uh, not to go for promotions or, or not to move because of scores or not to do these things. Now, don't get me wrong, there's decisions that people made to do this and they're not necessarily wrong at all. But there's people here that have made those choices because they really felt God's way for them was to, to make the more difficult decision. And God says, well done. Amen. Well done. And there's people here who've given lavishly They've given lavishly out of a lack that they have, but they felt prompted by God, and in faith they gave. 
And in faith they saw something and they believed that actually this wealth isn't going to do them any good, but actually I want to follow God and I believe him for that. And God says, well done. Well done. As you continue to seek after God, as you make that your aim, that you fix your eyes on him, so those choices will become more and more. So those things that you desire to happen will happen because you've made choices in faith. And as you see him who is invisible, those choices will become more straightforward. Now, some of them will be hard still. I'm not saying they're, they're necessarily easy. But actually, as you see him, you will see, actually, no, it's worth it. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to uh, persevere. And I'm going to make him my aim and my goal and my reward. As we want to see inroads in the kingdom, we need to be people of faith who see past the around the, what's around us and to see God who has all the resources of heaven and all the ability and all the skills that we need. As we seek to, to see an impact in our society, so we need to see past what we see around us and all the obstacles that are in our way to see past into the one who is able to make anything happen. The God of the impossible as we seek to, to have influence in our families and in our workplaces. We need to see past the, 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 the barriers that are in our way to the one who will enable us to see great breakthrough because he's the one that is able to do far more than we ask or imagine. So, I just want to pray for us. God, thank you that we have examples like Moses. Thank you that we have people of faith who in the most difficult circumstances were able to to make a stand for you because, Lord, they saw you, because they saw the invisible, because they had pushed through, they'd put their eyes away from this world and they'd pushed through to see God. And Lord, we ask and we make that prayer that Paul prayed, that you would reveal yourself more and more, that we would know you better, that we would know you more, that we would experience more of your love and of your mercy, of your grace, of your, of your power, of all your goodness, Lord Jesus. And as we experience more of that, so Lord, we will make more inroads by faith into this community, into our families, into all the things that you've got for us as a church and as individuals. God, reveal more of yourself. Thank you for the times of worship. Thank you for the times when you reveal yourself through your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in our our hearts. Thank you that you continually want to reveal Jesus. And Lord, we just ask that we have more and more of that, Lord Jesus. That's what our hearts will go for, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.